Hi, this is Larson Hicks, and welcome to my podcast, where I rant and rave about whatever it is I'm currently thinking about, and also occasionally bring in much smarter guests for longer conversations about topics they're passionate about. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the Larson Hicks Show. It's good to have you back. Thanks for joining us. Uh, today, I am joined by my dear friend, uh, Mr. Joffrey Swate, up in Moscow, Idaho. What's up, dude? I'm doing well this evening. I'm feeling a little scruffy, but my voice and my thoughts I am ready to share. Okay, good, good. Well, I, I hope I, I, I intended to record this outside so I could fire up my pipe. I don't have a cool indoor smoking spot, but um, I had the weather turn on me, and so I had to quickly change venues. So I'm, I'm set up in my bedroom right now. Yeah, I mean the the whole pipe thing, you know, that's that's our history. I I am known online in some circles as a an instructor pipe in pipe thing. smoking. Few yes. know that I smoke a pipe because of you. Oh, really? Because of me? You're you're saying I'm I'm I mean, the reason in you smoke my a pipe? mind that's it. Yeah, yeah. So we'd we'd go to I forget whose house wow. it was and study Latin late at night, my dude. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. that's where I I picked up respect for the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Well, I feel like you're the reason I smoke a pipe. So that, like, whenever people ask me when I got into pipes, I'm like, it's because of Joffrey. So, I, so it must have been like, yeah, we, we were we were echo chambering each other. Yeah, we were arriving at the same time. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, I do have some bourbon, um, so um, I'm I'm at least um, halfway um, supplied for a good conversation. So, okay, so Joffrey gets the uh, Manliness Award tonight because I, I texted him like within a few hours uh, basically and said, hey, would you be cool to just sit down and chat with me about this thing? And uh, very manfully, Joffrey said, I'm, I'm not afraid of anything, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Actually, uh, I would rather you ask me to wing it than to plan yeah. something out carefully. So there you go. <laughs> That's good. That's Happy good. I'm kind here. of the same way. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way, um, but I've been so I've been thinking about this idea for a week or so, and I kind of jotted down a bunch of ideas, and so maybe I'll just kind of set the table here, and we can kind of start talking about this. And uh, folks in my church have heard me probably talk about some of these things on and off, but I, I feel like there's kind of a, a metaphor here that I want to try to use to uh, to try to tease out some ideas. So. The general idea is um, is what 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 constitutes a healthy intellectual and spiritual immune system. If mm. if that is if if there is something that 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 we have spiritually or intellectually that can protect us from from all of the different ideas, ideologies, false prophets, false teachers, stupid things that want to come in and infect our brain mind viruses, uh, dare I say, um, then, then, then what, what is, what are the things that, that will sort of inoculate us? Uh, what's the equivalent of a vitamin, vitamin D and sunshine and exercise and vitamin C for the soul, for the, for the intellect? Um, and so I've just observed, uh, that I feel that there is, there are, I I kind of trace it back just at least in recent memory. I feel like, you know, um, with COVID and BLM and election fraud and all of these things that happened recently, um, it's been sort of this assault from a lot of different angles 
that have left a lot of conservative Christians in this place where we're going, who can I trust? You know, a lot of churches right. seem to be in on it. A lot of the government, the doctors, teachers, just everybody seems to be infected with all of this nonsense and, and everyone's compromised. So who can I trust? And I think it's led to this this weakening, actually, uh, of our immune systems, where we've become skeptical of everything, which leaves you also, I think, open to sort of everything in a weird way. And so I'll stop there, but just I kind of want to set up the conversation with that idea and uh, and kind of let you run with it, Joffrey. Yeah, I mean, we could turn this into an all all nighter if we just yeah, just sure. let the thing go. Um, yeah, for sure. Because you know, not not only is this just a great topic and a necessary topic in itself, but really just the idea of a mind virus is yeah. something you you have to convince people that they're out yeah. there. And you know, we're concerned yeah. for the saints of the church. We're concerned for Christians and. You know, a lot of the same people yet who will agree with you that, yeah, in fact, yeah, everyone yeah. is compromised. The, you know, right. the doctors, the governments, et cetera. But I'm not. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. No one actually Absolutely. thinks of themselves that they're, that they're compromised. So yeah. it actually, I think it's even important to talk about the nature of these mind viruses. What are they? So that you can yeah. kind of self-diagnose and you need to be yeah. in a you know, in a healthy environment, if you're surrounded yeah. by sick people, uh, it's it's going to be harder to recognize that, that you have yeah. it. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah. So, so good question. What is, what is this mind virus? Uh, and, and what are we talking about here? So, I mean, to me, the things that come to my mind are ideologies, um, conspiracy theories, um, even you know something like just a myopic kind of obsession with a particular doctrine or even a particular bible verse you know you get the mm-hmm. we're gospel centered right and it's like it's like this this uh obsession with this one idea i think of like uh, ayn rand you know i think of ayn rand's version of laissez faire economics as a kind of mind virus you know it's like yes it's not it's not couched in wisdom it's actually incredibly logical right it's incredibly logical and internally consistent um but i think that's what gives it its its kind of strength and power and 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 fools you into thinking this must be true right i think about uh chesterton you know talking about the lunatic precisely yeah i mean and this fixation on details, right? Minutia. That's that's usually a giveaway, particularly yeah. when like the one thing you obsess with is yeah. going to save the world, right? Like right. Anne Rand, I think, is a great example. Like all of life just boils down to this one thing, and if we do this one thing, if people would just get this one thing, everything right. would be better. Um, right. In particular, the inability to chill out. Yes. And enjoy a day off is a, a, a sign that you basically that you've been memed, right? Because a, a lot of you know hmm. th- these mind viruses are 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 out there, um, yeah. and, and you're online, you're doom scrolling, whatever it is, you're rabbiting yeah. all the way down Reddit. So, yeah. do you know the origin of the word meme as we use it today? Do, do you no, know anything I about don't. this? Okay. No. So, first of all, you're going to love who it comes from. 
Charles okay. Dawkins, dude. Or Chris huh. Dawkins, Dawkins, Chris, the atheist. Yeah, Christopher, yeah, yeah. Christopher yeah, yeah. Dawkins, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the 70s. He, uh, so I, I actually, I'm old enough that I was reading about memes before hmm. the internet. Okay. No kidding. Uh, so, so people actually started using the term. So, and all it was, you can actually find Christopher Dawkins online talking about the, the hijacking of the term meme, uh, on the internet. Hmm. And, you know, it, I think it's a completely valid application of Dawkins idea at least, but it, he was just talking about what you're calling mind viruses, right? These ideas yep. that are transmissible, um, and in fact, are transmitted, right? So, like a zeitgeist sort of thing, but it's more specific, right? So it actually, like, and you right. don't even notice that suddenly you're thinking this way, right? I think applying that to Pepe the Frog is completely valid, but we also have yeah. to see that it's been sort of supercharged, right? Right. And right. it's it's hard to tell when you've been thinking for yourself and when you've hmm. been having your thoughts fed to you. It's, it's difficult yeah. to tell, right? I mean, you're, you're inside your own head and you, yeah. you start spinning out, but you know, that, totally. that's, the, that's part of that Chestertonian like circle of insanity. Right. 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 Yeah. It, it, it's a, uh, I, I feel like it's been ramped up. I mean, I, I like in the setup to this, it's like, yeah, all of these things, COVID election fraud, BLM, the, the woke stuff, the transgender stuff, like all of this stuff is so absurd and so intense and we and just all at once it seems like it came at us from everywhere and 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 so I think a lot of people felt felt um, like look I can't trust anybody I'm gonna go find I'm gonna go figure it out myself I'm gonna go find someone who doesn't have any skin in the game somebody who's neutral somebody who's just gonna guide me through and um, and and what what happens very quickly in you know I've, I've talked about the dark patterns of the web is that that social media and you know Google Twitter Instagram Facebook it it knows YouTube they know it sees what you're looking at it sees what you're spending time on and it right. and it wants you to hang out on their site it makes them money and so they're going to keep feeding you serving you up more and more of the same stuff and um, and before you know it. You know, you feel like it, this is everywhere. Like this is everywhere. I'm just hearing it from everywhere, and of course it's true. Of course it's real. Everybody, everybody, everywhere I turn, this is what everyone's talking about. Well, it's like right. no, actually, uh, it's just every. It, it's just, you're you still have these little blinder goggles on, and uh, and you're really not interacting with the world, uh, with with history. Um, you're, history you're, is you're really key. Kind of we need to come back to that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, l let me let me move to kind of okay. So we've kind of identified what is a mind virus at some level. I think there's a lot more to talk about there, yeah. but 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 um, but I think we can agree that it's like this is this feels to me where I'm sitting as an elder of a church that's growing rapidly. I feel like I'm seeing. I feel like it feels to me like an epidemic to keep using the metaphor. Like there, like there, there is so much of this going on constantly yeah. all around us. And, and it's what leads me to believe that we have, because people are being taken in by it. I don't think, I don't think anything's new under the sun. I just think the fact that, that people around me who are conservative Christian people who take the Bible seriously are falling for stupid stuff at such a high frequency it makes me think that we have 
that our immune systems are dysfunctional, you know, that yeah. something is off with our immune systems, our intellectual or spiritual immune systems. Part of the trouble here, though, is that, you know, I mean, everyone's falling for stupid stuff, right? Like just the mind viruses are, are out there. The danger yeah. that, that Christians are running, you know, the Christians you're talking about, because, um, you know, I, I see this here, too. Right. And I, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> and, you know, the, the danger with that is that you think you're not in the system. Right. Sure. You know that the algorithm is feeding you stuff, but you're not like those other people. Right. And so, of course, people right. on the left are falling all over themselves and, and catching this stuff. But you know, so are you. Part of the problem is that you're participating in the system at all. Right. Ultimately, it comes yeah. down to lack of trust in God. And we can unpack right. that, you know, like, yeah. you know, live humbly, go to church, that sort of thing. Right. No, you're right. And, 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 and actually what I've, what I've noticed, and this is something maybe to get back to, to come back to, but I'll just drop this in the conversation real quick. Something I've noticed is that, is that, um, is that a lot of the mind viruses, um, that I'm concerned about are, are almost, a lot of them are like planted. Like I, I, I suspect that nefarious parties, you know, feds or whatever. I mean, I, I, I heard about this recently that, that, you know, kind of in the Elon Musk sort of transition that, that it was discovered that there were thousands and thousands of fake FBI accounts, um, that were, that, that, that they were trying to shut down and the feds and, and the feds basically said, we're going to charge you with sedition if you try to shut these down. Um, and, but because it's an undercover investigation, we're doing an undercover investigation. Okay. Right. But, but, Gosh, there's there's so many there's because the internet is a controlled space. It it appears to be free and unfettered, and you're just you know autonomously find you know, finding things through your own research. Uh, the reality is you were being fed stuff, and a lot of times you're being fed the stupid conservative conspiracy theories that are that have been designed to undermine the conservative movement. They've been designed to make a mockery of Christians. So Christians right. fall for this stupid stuff. And, 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 uh, what was, what was like the race baiting stuff? You know, we've been accused of racism by the left for the longest time and it's just been lies. Um, and it's actually been that the left is racist and, uh, and r racially prejudiced. And, yeah. but, but the, the hilarious thing is that I'm seeing conservatives are now taking the bait and going, well, if you get to be racist, then I get to be racist. And, right. and it's like, don't you realize you're falling for a trick here and you're now turning yourself into the, the, uh, punching bag that they were hoping you were. And that, that's, it's important to emphasize that you are turning yourself into that. So yeah, the left is racist, like just like by nature, but they, but then, okay, we can talk about, you know, they're running a play on you, you know, there's a yeah. conspiracy going on here. Okay. And you know, all that great. And just because they're provoking you to this doesn't mean like you're not guilty of it. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Yeah. You know, they said you would be a racist and then dangled a bunch of bait in front of you. And you were like, okay, I'll be a racist. Right. Why, why, why are you even playing this game? 
right? Right. And it's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is. Right. It, it, it's it, people actually do because they name the conspiracy, or because they see, you know, they may see what wind is pushing them where they want to absolve themselves of it, or they want to right. get. Right. Ten years ago, they would have said that a certain behavior was racist, but today they won't because they see that the system pushed them into these thoughts. So now, now they're not racist. No, they're still racist, dude. Right. You know, just right. because all the all the wrong guys are enjoying hitting you over it. Right. Right. No, that's right. And and you're and 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 the funny thing is that instead of sort of raging against the machine and 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 sort of operating from outside of the machine and saying, "I see what you're doing, and I'm and I'm not playing your game." you're sort of entering into it and you're playing by their rules and engaging with their stupid arguments and getting yourself just covered in this tar baby, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, but, but just getting sucked into this stupid stuff. Um, so another last thing, last point I'll make on this too, is just to, just to beat this metaphor to death. There's also this idea, I think of an autoimmune disease, which I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by autoimmune disease because it's basically what an autoimmune disease is, is it's when your immune system um, is treating th- normal things, uh, you know, inert, healthy, normal things like pollen, as if it were a bacteria or a contagion or parasite or, or something dangerous, and it's and, right. and your immune system's freaking out about it. And it's and then that causes you know, that, that, that heightened immune response to something that's not a real threat. Um, you, know, you have people who are allergic to their own sweat glands, like, like allergic mm-hmm. to their own sweat, like that sucks, but that's a, that's an autoimmune disease. Um, uh, and, and, and that tears your body apart. Your body is not supposed to be under that kind of constant stress and that constant inflammation. And I think in the same way, you know, I, I'm t- I've talked about our immune systems being weak and dysfunctional, and and I think there's this autoimmune component where, where we don't recognize real threats. We we right. we we're, we're freaking out about things that we really shouldn't be freaking out. An example, I mean, man, I hate to give examples because I know people are going to know what I'm talking about. There are people I'm talking about, but but I well, but know, I feel I'll, I'll like take, I can take the microphone take, away from you okay, in please. that case. Yes. Uh, you know, because, you know, I think this is a great, a great example because you actually are getting sick, right? You know, like yeah. your, your body, yeah. your body can't handle it. So however, you know, unfortunately, this is also a medical term, but like, however pilled you are, black pilled, yeah. blue pilled, yeah, 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 yeah. white pilled, however pilled you are at the moment, uh, yeah. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter that you, you have figured all these things out. It's made you sick. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's why I think this auto autoimmune right. disease thing is a perfect example. None of right. these things by themselves would have made you sick, but you've yeah. sickened yourself. In the same way, you can get yeah. sick. You know, you don't need an autoimmune disease to to make yourself sick. You can worry, you can stress. Like there are so right. many ways that you can destroy your own body without ingesting, right. you know, physical poisons. That's right. That's right. Well, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about, Joffrey. Is is anxiety, worry, paranoia, and and, and also a, a a neglect of 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 joy, peace, gratitude. Yes. You know, feasting, rest. You know, there's just this this uh, heightened state of, 
And, and unfortunately, I see it in social media in our circles uh, or even on listservs or slacks, slack channels with dudes, uh, Discord, wherever you're hanging out on the internet. You see these guys who the only thing that ever comes out of their mouth ever is snarky, you know, uh, cynical, angry, paranoid comments about whatever is going on in the world. Did you see what they're doing now? You know, just constant. And it's like, does, do you ever turn this off? Like, do you ever get out of this mode of, of, and, 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 and again, just not seeing that this is, this is going to destroy you. This is going to destroy your family, your relationships, it, it, it like so you know in in my own local context we we have a uh, at our church we have a a slack channel that all the dudes are on and my brother uh just recently created a channel you know a a channel for gratitude and it was just mm-hmm. like i'm thankful for this amazing steak my wife cooked me tonight you know i'm thankful for this incredible weather we're having this week you know like just yeah. just hey let's just remember to like how incredibly good we have it, you know, like we have it so stinking good. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, in any time and place, Christians would need to be reminded to be grateful, but now we're actually kind of structuring our lives and spending our energies that move us in directions aggressively away from, from gratitude. And I think this is actually a really great point to like bring history back in Yeah, because, you know, what, what we're talking about is, ultimately is context, you know, like Lewis has that, that line about, you know, reading old books is, you know, like opening your mind to the, you know, the, the breeze from other ages, like the cool air yes. of the breeze from other ages. Yes. You know, we need to spend time with Christians, other yeah. Christians and Christians yeah. who aren't like us, not some weird liberal prog philosophy yeah, sort yeah. of way, but you know, yeah. Athanasius ain't like us. Augustine ain't like us. We could just go down the list. C.S. Lewis isn't like us, no, right? And we love C.S. Lewis. And yep. but, but then we can also, like, we can come back to the present and start spreading that out. Like, how many Christians do you hang out with who yep. don't fit your mold? How many of the Christians you hang out with aren't pilled in the same manner you are? Right, right, right. No, have you been able to relax world. enough to make a friend? Yep. Well, and 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 to just beat our metaphor to death, or try to try to cram this into our metaphor, yeah. it's like uh, it's like sending your kid to daycare or public school or or play sports or whatever. It's like <coughs> you're mixing you're mixing it up with a lot of people from different places. You're exposing yourself to you know this is this is actually one of the predominant theories around uh, autoimmune diseases is you don't yes. see autoimmune disease in the third world. You don't see asthma and and you allergies know, and yep. allergies because they're actually living in a far less sanitized environment where their their immune systems are exposed to real threats uh, all the time and so our, our their immune systems are better trained to recognize the real threats and and aren't freaking out about dust and pollen or whatever the stupid thing is that yep. and and I think the analogy uh, for you is, when you hang out with Christians in other parts of the church, other times in history, you're exposed to the bigger, like the actual things, you know, pride and greed right. 
and uh, and and real heresy. Like there's real heresy. You know, we're not talking about the people that agree with 99.9 percent of what we agree with, and we differ yeah. on this one thing. I mean, we're talking about there's real stuff that's really dangerous and and yeah. uh, has caused a lot of trouble. Um, and that's where when you hang out with Augustine or you hang out with with uh, Irenaeus or Boethius or whoever it is you're hanging out with, you're getting exposed to uh, these these battles that our for our fathers in the faith fought uh, that we ought to be grateful for and we ought to be able to recognize like tr- train our immune systems to modulate and recognize this little comment that this obscure anonymous Twitter guy said is really not that big a deal you know it's right. just some punk who's trying to get a rise out of people. Um, I'm not going to let that raise my temperature to a thousand degrees and devote the rest of my evening to, yeah. you know, waging war against it. You know. Well, you know, I, I'm not trying to tell people you know, like you you must read old books to solve this problem. Yeah. I mean, I think you should you should read some old books, but really, what I'm trying to to sure. say is that you know you have this wider context, right? Yeah. And you know, because you mentioned early on, you know, the obsession with details and minutia. You know, like I have a lot of say libertarian friends who could not yeah. teach a survey of world history to save their lives, but they can yes. tell you the minutia of the whiskey yeah. rebellion or the war of Jenkins ear because it connects to their ideology. That's right. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like you, 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 you can't even talk to me about the context of that war because it doesn't right. touch on your economics. Right. And, and, and right. so that narrowness of mind is constantly impoverishing you and making you, yes. as to go along with a metaphor, making you vulnerable. Yeah. Right. So no, when, you know, when I'm talking about hanging out with different Christians, not only are we talking in time and, and in space with different, different churches, but even in your own church, right? Like we're seeing, I think, more and more, you know, auto segregation, like self segregation, where, you know, all the young men are just hanging out with all the young men. None of the boomers want to have anything to do with, with anyone else, you know, and it's, it's something that I think the American church already struggled with. And now we're living an algorithmed life where of course we're only going to hang out with people that who are exactly like us. It is an exercise in sanctification for me. This is actually one of the fun things about going to Huntsville the last couple of times I went there. I need to hang out with engineers or I don't do well. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. because yeah. I'm I'm not like them at all. And my dad was my dad was an engineer, but I took off, I yeah. took hard after my mother, um, and uh, you know I even like to make fun of engineers. I need engineers in my life. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and you know we we all need people who are different. You know, like yeah. if you can't handle doing stuff with your hands, uh, yeah. become part of a knitting circle, right? Like we just yeah. need to be around people who are not doing yeah. the exact same things we're doing all the time. I'm obsessed right. with ma- raising my little kids. Let me hang out with a couple of grandparents. Maybe I can get these random these oh, grandparents, yeah. you know, of whoever into my house talking yeah. to my little kids, right? All of this is that fresh cool breeze through the mind. Yes. That's such a good word, dude. Uh, my my wife at the table tonight, you know, we 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 do high low buffalo. Uh, we added buffalo because of uh Brian Cole uh, said that they 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 say hi low buffalo at their table and buffalo is a is a weird thing is an unexpected thing that happened um, so we've we've adapt we we've always done highs and lows and we we switched and we added buffalo so Bethany's huh. high cool. today um, was 
how much she is loving this um, Bible study she's been doing, um, Community Bible Fellowship or something like that. It's this mm. old, it's old non-denominational Bible study thing that's hosted by some mega church in our town. They they just host it. This has been going on for like I don't know fifty years or something. Bethany walks in. She is the only young woman in the whole group. It's all old ladies. Uh, and, and, and she was so refreshed by like their rules. Like one of their rules was if you haven't read the passages and, and meditated on them, you don't get to speak (laughs) when we meet, you don't get to show up and start just, just riffing, you know, like this is, we want to learn from each other, but we want to, we want to be first learning from the word. And, 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 and Bethany was saying this Bible study, uh, she's doing, um, is this very slow Bible study where every day she's only kind of focusing on a few verses hmm. and she's been doing the, the Christ church, you know, Bible reading plan thing for years where you're kind of flying through the scriptures yeah. and there's a real great benefit to that. Uh, and she's enjoyed that, but she's like, it's been a long time since I've just slowed way down and just meditated on a few verses at a time. This has been so helpful and encouraging for me. I'm loving this experience. And it's like, she didn't get that at our church. You know, she got that and that's okay. That's actually wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Some folks from, from another town moved here and said, do you guys do Bible study fellowship? No, but I think I heard that this other church does it. Cool. I love it. You want to come with me? Yeah, we'll go. And they went, you know, and it's now become something that my wife cherishes the highlight of her day. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've, Never talked to a pastor who did not, you know, if, if they experienced a time when, like, in their city, pastors from yeah. different denominations got together for prayer or breakfast or just to chat, you know, those things don't always end well, you know, and they're like the Gospel Coalition, I know, I know, set up a bunch all over the country that were supposed to be kind of local. But yeah. I, I've actually, even with those groups, I've never heard like a bad testimony. The pastors all had at least a while of great blessing. Um, and I mean, that's, that's true for all of us. But again, we don't have to leave our church to do this, right? There are no, plenty no, of no. people who are different from you uh, right. at church, although they all would probably study the Bible the same way. To that's Bethany's right. Point. By the way, that's before right. we resume, I want to I yeah. just, uh, just kudos to you. I see what you're doing, um, calling Bethany young, that's just casually. That's really smart. Uh, I refer to my wife casually every day as young wife. Good morning, young yes. wife. And she's begun to call me out on it, but I'm not going to stop. I'm smart. <laughs> That's good. You are smart. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anyway. That. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I know okay. Bethany sees the plays you're running, so it's not like a... That's know, right. That's like right. Yeah, dude, you stuff. just totally yeah. exposed... Yeah, you just... I got to... Yeah. I got to, I got to, I got to work harder. Um, okay. So I want to, so, okay. We've talked about, we've talked about kind of defining the mind viruses. We've talked about some of these things that kind of lead us to these places. Um, uh, to, to, to extend the metaphor, what are the, what are the kind of comorbidities? Okay. You don't, you know, people didn't die of COVID, you know, all the, the, the data shows that people were dying of other things. They were just dying with COVID. So, so if these mind viruses are, like you know, uh, the people that died with COVID, you know, usually were obese, had diabetes, had COPD, had had some other serious medical issues. So, 
So in the same way, like what are the what are the things, what are the sins or the habits or the environmental factors that that make somebody more susceptible to these mind viruses, to these to these uh, false teachings, false doctrines, false ideologies. Um, so I, a couple, a couple that we've, we've already talked, touched on, you talked about doom scrolling, you know, just, just addiction to social media, you know? Um, I think what precludes that is just tons of free time. You have tons of free time and you are bored, you know? Um, those are great, great factors that are going to contribute to you becoming more and more susceptible and vulnerable to these things. You know, Um, I think a lot of, yeah, go go ahead. Sorry. Well, just like no, these, a lot of these comorbidities, uh, you know, it's going to pay, it's going to be worthwhile, rather, to like go into detail and unpack what some of these are. But I actually do think there's sort of an arch category uh, that we yeah. can put over over many of these, which, you know, could be phrased in a way that'd be easy to dismiss. But I think it's often healthy to ask yourself how your grandpa would mm. express the idea. So I'm going to do that. Mm. Hmm, More okay. sunshine. People aren't getting enough sunshine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And however it is, that's expressing itself. And I number myself uh, among them. I have a, a literal, actual vitamin D deficiency. But, you know, like, <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time indoors, and yeah. I, I yeah. feel that on me. And when, for example, rugby coaching forces me back out into the sunshine, yeah. my spirit feels better. Right. And so yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. there are just so many burrows we can go into that are unhealthy yeah. and we should name them. Very but, good. Very you know, good. It's, it's, it's that fresh breeze thing again, just coming yeah. up again. Right. Very good. That's very good. Well, I a couple others, you know, I, I think a lack of purpose in life, you know, mm. I, I think. Um, and, you know, that sounds like a very kind of uh, I don't know that that could be dismissed as well as sort of. Um, you know, kitsch or, or, or I, I don't know, you know, actually that does get dismissed uh, not just yeah. as kitsch or cheesy, but it often gets, yeah. gets dismissed uh, by Christians who uh, want to emphasize, you know, maybe pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and being, and being yeah. tough. So we ourselves don't, don't help each other out with this, right? Because yeah. the attitude is tough it out, just yeah. go to work, right? Why are you worried about having yeah. purpose? Right. Right, and just you know, ignoring much of scripture, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's. I think I, I kind of went through this uh, evolution in my thinking over time about work, where where I had this idea of what I wanted. I thought going into when you and I first met uh, at NSA, I thought I was I had to be a pastor. I thought you know I love God. I'm on fire for the Lord. The only application for that in the world is. Right. is ministry, you know, official ministry. And then I got to NSA and I think freshman year I started reading Luther and I remember, you know, this whole idea of the of the uh, you know, sanctity of all, you know, the, the priesthood of all believers, this kind of idea that that all believers are priests and all work is sacred. And that kind of got a hold of me. But but then I think I I also at some point might have wanted to drift into this other ditch of going, well, doesn't then it, then it doesn't really matter what you do. Because anything is sacred, and 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 so it's just about doing whatever's in front of you or whatever, however you want to spin that, and and where I've kind of landed now, uh, and in large part through my a mentor of mine, Rod Ulps, there in Moscow, who's a who's who's been a good friend for years, 
he's he's really made it his his one of his main focuses in life to help men through this journey in their careers of finding and discovering kind of their highest best use like what did god make you to do like there was some intentionality in god's design we can right. see it when we look at the butterflies proboscis and we can see it when we look at the you know the the hummingbird and go that's there's clearly a design there well, in the same way, like God's done that with each of us, it usually takes decades of trial and error uh, in the marketplace, I think, for men uh, to start to discern, oh, I'm really bad at that, and I'm, I'm, and I actually really am good right. at this, and I enjoy this, and other people have given me f- positive feedback about this thing, where this thing I've always prided myself as being good at it, and I've found that I just, I actually, I never... Am successful in that area, and and so it's it's um so it's a real thing I think for a a man to actually um spend energy and effort along with their helper um, mm-hmm. discerning what is it God's put me on this world to do like what are the things that I'm good at and I should be pouring myself more into going with the grain of what God's made me to do that's not to say that any of us can't can't seasons just you just got to buckle down and provide for the family and sometimes it's crappy work that you don't enjoy that's fine but when you're in when you stay in that place for a long time um I think that that and you never get to a place to where you feel like you're doing something that's meaningful um and has purpose and aligns with kind of what God's built you to do. I think that that also leaves you vulnerable. Yeah. And I I think it's important that the church and Christians acknowledge that, you know, and and this, this will, this will make, uh, you know, a a lot of the, the, the people we have in mind in this topic happy. Okay. The, the, The system is hostile to us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, yeah. And, and, and I say that as a, as a post-millennialist and a sort of yeah. theonomist, the system is yeah. against us. I don't mean yeah. that this world belongs to the devil. I mean yeah. that we let the Industrial Revolution happen the way it happened. We yeah. let not only our women get pulled away from the hearth, we let yeah. ourselves get pulled away from the hearth. Oh, man yeah. is, is oriented outward. He's supposed to go out. Is he supposed to go out on the freeway for two hours each way? Or was he supposed yeah. to go out into the fields and the woods around your house? Right. Right. right? right. And so you know, yeah. we're, we're dehumanizing and separating all these things. The reason I'm saying this is that ultimately it is very difficult for us to stop thinking in terms of jobs. Yes. Right? The word job used to mean gig. Like 150 right. years ago, the word job meant finished gig. a job. Yeah. Right. But now we do jobs job. for our for life. For life. Right. Yeah, so, you know, word. people talk about vocation, right? And that's, you know, yes, we have a call and we have a call to sacred work. But, you know, we don't have to, like, you know, even go as far as that, as that word vocation. We just have to start talking about work and not be thinking about jobs, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. If, if, you're, if your work for the day and for the week involves a job that takes eight hours a, a, sure. a day for five days a week, among the other things you're doing, that's fine. But what is your work? Your work is yeah. loving your family, providing for your family, building a community around your church. And then you may have other things on top of that work, like, yeah. you know, taking care of the dogs and having a beautiful flower garden and fixing sure. your friend's cars and all this other work you do. You do work. Right. 
a right. job is way down the list. And ideally, we we as the church can build something where jobs aren't a thing. Work is always the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, and it's and it's it's a it's mission. You know, it's it's what's your mission, um, and um, and ultimately, it's to you know, it's the Great Commission, and it's the and it's the creation mandate. You know, it's 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 to fill and subdue um, and to uh, preach the gospel, uh, right? But God's built you for that work in a particular way to 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 play a particular part in it. Um, and so, yeah, and, you know, I think, there's I think, so much. Yeah. Sorry, uh, there, yeah. there's so there's so much that you know of this conversation where we can bring gratitude to bear, like you were talking about. Yeah, not only gratitude but generosity. It's really hard to imagine in our society being generous with your work, right? You're a fool if you're generous yeah, with right. your work, right? Yeah, or you, right? Either that or you have an angle, right? Like you you want to be CEO one day, so right? It, but it always has. A, a sort of selfish reason that that's not yeah. the Christian way to look at work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, you don't have to get mad about, about me disrespecting money. That's not what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but are, are you being generous? Like, you know, what are you doing here? A job ain't a generous thing. That's right. That's a good word. That's a really good word. Um, a couple other thoughts I had on these kind of environmentals or co- comorbidities I, and, and these two kind of go together, but, but I think, I think um, there's a you know men. This maybe some of this is the Gilder that I've been reading this last couple of weeks, kind of coming back out. But this and, idea, and, that, and this I guess is for insiders a little bit because it's a Canon Press thing, and maybe you don't yeah. follow what Canon Press does. But it, this this book on men, uh, yeah, in like pink and purple packaging, how brilliant yeah. was that? <laughs> yes, it's very good. It's very anyway. good. I love it. Um, but yeah, this idea that men have to perform, right? And that, and that healthy societies require men to perform. That mm. The strongest drive that a man has is his sex drive. Um, and, and, and also just that's coupled with testosterone and, and competitiveness and aggression. And, and, uh, and so society, healthy societies have always channeled that in a positive direction where a man has to perform um, in order to obtain approval, uh, and marriage, uh, and, mm-hmm. and then marriage, you know, uh, anchors a man to a society and to the future and, and, uh, and opens up new dimensions. Right. But, um, but men in our society have access to, to sex, to pornography, to relationships with women without any restrictions or boundaries. And, and they don't have to prove anything. And so, but there's this deep-seated, I think, inborn sort of created mm. need for men to to prove that they're men, you know, to, yes. and, to and, and, and if, if, if for nobody else for themselves, you know, to be able to feel like we all know the guy who has a little man complex, you know, who, yep. who needs everyone around him to know that he is powerful and that he is potent and that he is, he is, uh, masculine. And what I've seen with a lot of this stuff is, is you've got that hole in your heart or your soul or whatever it is that, that you haven't proven yourself sufficiently, um, as a man. And, and so you're looking for something that, that, that to identify with or to, to, to replicate that. It's like, I see this guy on the internet and he sure seems like he's aggressive and angry and nobody's going to mess with this guy. He'll chew their head right off. 
And it's like that. There's some masculinity. Let me let me right. let me suck onto that a little bit. You know, let me try to. Oh, what a terrible to, word uh, verb choice. But go on. <laughs> I was thinking about a fish. Was I was really thinking about important. a sucker fish with a with okay, a yeah, shark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yes. <laughs> but yes, yeah. no, no, exactly. I mean, exactly. That's that's the uh, that's the the um, there's there's something going on there. Yeah. With that masculinity, need need to prove your masculinity. Yeah, you you got to see the elephant, right? And there's, I I think that we have failed men, young men particularly. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And you know, and that doesn't absolve them of the sin they're in, but we have Absolutely. failed them, and, and in a yeah. lot of ways. One of them is that we have not provided proof yeah. of manhood to them. Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't have the rights. We you know we don't have the rituals. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and, and that's yeah. a problem, right? And so they go out there to create their own. You know, hopefully your audience can handle me saying like no nut November. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. oh, like here is a ritual by which I can prove my manliness. And yeah. the you know, right. there there are all sorts of things we could like we could attack about that. But yeah. but our generation and the generations above us should face up to the fact that they've failed so that for the next generation right. we can provide these rituals and the way right. that happens is not strictly speaking through the church but through our christian yeah. community like we can yeah. provide that to each other i think that's one of the reasons and this is not a full fledged solution but i think that's one of the reasons that both you and i have for a couple of decades promoted rugby among christian young men right because yeah. that, that it's, it is a way of proving some of your manhood to yourself really i mean 100%. like you know you, you i i have taken cowards onto the team with yeah. the prayer that lord willing they will not be cowards one day and that is usually how it happens right after yeah. significant pain and fear from mom um yeah you know they come out on the other side having proven the thing and you know, so yeah. that actually would be a great a call for for all men to be thinking that way. Like, if you know some teenagers, can you help them yeah. prove their <laughs> their men? Yeah. Well, and I think the other dimension, Joffrey, is fathers of daughters. And and I wish yeah. you know, I was having a conversation with a young man recently who was struggling with relationships with young ladies, and I just said, imagine if you lived in a society. Just imagine for a second that everyone that you encountered in this city or this your your world um every was a everyone was a healthy godly uh mature f christian family um would you be struggling with all of this nonsense that's going on between you and and some young lady of course you wouldn't because because her she would know better and her and her, and more importantly her father would would shoo me away you know when you come sniffing around trying to 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 pursue the young lady he's going to go little boy, get out of here, you know, go, yeah. go come back when you're a man, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll let you stand in my household and, and speak with my daughter when you've, when you've learned how to look me in the eye and shake me in the hand and I can respect you. And, right. and, uh, and, and so I do think, uh, again, this is where I think niceness, you know, our sort of the virtue, the 11th commandment in the church of niceness, we're so nice to young men and we're, and we're, this is my favorite, one of my favorite things about Moscow. I remember saying this, I, I was a rock star in every Christian environment I'd ever been in, in the evangelical world, because I could play guitar and I could sing and I was charismatic. That's all it took uh, to just right. wow all the, 
everybody in church, just give that kid a microphone, you know, like put that kid up front, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember walking into, to Christ church in Moscow and like, here I am folks, you know, like shower me with praise, you know? Oh, I I remember that too. Yeah, that's right. You remember. And I, and I remember the dads looking at me like, stop looking at me and stop looking at my daughter and, and go sit over there on the bleachers, you know? And it was just like, Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was a, it was a wonderful dose of reality and humility. Like, Get in your place, young man. Um, and part prove of the yourself. problem that that can happen in in a church context, in a Christian context, is that, that we provide a lot of the negative when it comes to a young a young man growing up, but very little of the positive. Right. Yeah. So the experience you had in Moscow, well, you know, those are, are sort of negative experiences that that made you better, uh, yes. sanctified you, but they existed yeah. in a context where you yeah. were being encouraged and pushed yeah. upward all the time. And so then if people called you a fathead, you were better equipped to take that on. You know, right. and so, like, niceness is creating a, you know, a, a highly distressed and angry uh, generation of young men. I mean, the, the whole incel thing. Yes. You know, it's, there, you, believe it or not, I actually think there's quite a bit that's, admirable about it but at its mm. core the thing that people that that people who, who speak as incels they may identify yeah. as that or not the thing that they refuse to acknowledge is that they don't in fact cut the mustard they are not in fact worthy right there's this anger that women are being you know being elevated above them that the system is is pushing them down uh you know there's there's anger in a lot of directions but as an individual, you're not worthy. And yeah. if we argue about whose fault that is, you're making yourself even less worthy. Like we have yeah. to get out of this spiral, right? That's and right. if you, if well, you I mean, can't go find your dad, go find some other men. Uh, right. You know, just, we, we can talk about society, but you, yeah. young man, are not a society, right? You're you yeah. and you're not yeah. worthy. Yeah, I, I I think about the only the only person, the only man in modern America who can speak to men, young men. Um, let me put it another way: there's nobody in America today who can speak to a young man with the same freedom and the same uh, level of masculinity as as a football coach, mm-hmm. and. And there is nothing that young men treasure and thrive under more than the, than the instruction of a football coach or yes. a or a drill instructor. You know, somebody just screaming in your face about what a maggot you are, and 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 making fun of you when you barf because you are so weak, and right. demanding that you get up. And get your sorry butt back, you know, in line and start running again. Um, men, you know, men, young men just thrive. Like that's like they keep they coming need to back. Achieve. They need yeah. to prove, right? And so yeah. a, a drill instructor or a football coach offers that, which is yeah. why this guy may have yelled at you every minute that you knew him, but you love him. 
Right. You know, people love their football coaches. Their football coaches may hardly remember them, (laughs) but they love that man because he offered them a sort of ritual, a way to, you know, to have that rite of passage. I had a just just anecdote. Uh, I was in Moscow a couple weeks ago and uh, and and ran in at church to my uh, freshman boxing coach. We had a boxing club my freshman year and and Mr. Wayne Browning and he comes up to me, punches me in the gut and he goes, hey, you got a big old down pillow under there, don't you? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, just instantly started making fun of how fat I was. Yeah. And. And, and it was, it was pure affection. I mean, it was just, I love you, you know, like, I, like right. what you, you are such a wonderful man and, and thank you for making fun of my belly. Somebody needs to, you know, like, yeah. like, yeah, just anyway, very sweet. Well, okay. So we've talked about a lot of things here and I want to kind of get to solutions. Uh, and, and, and so I'm going to call this like immune boosters or something, you know, inoculation, um, uh, and I know, what, I know that we're getting back on this medical terminology, but it may yeah, serve yeah. our audience to be very explicit about, remember, we're talking about mind viruses, all that stuff, yeah. all our rambling yeah. the last 15 minutes, we've been yeah. talking about mind viruses. That's right. That's right. We're, and so we've covered sort of what are they? And then we've covered kind of what are the comorbidities? What are the things that also are present when you, you start to become susceptible and weakened and, 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 uh, to these mind viruses? So. So what are the things, what are the solutions? Like what are the inoculations, the vaccinations, the, the, the vitamins, uh, you know, that you can, that you can take to kind of get yourself, uh, build up your immune system so that it's, it's, it's able to fight these things off. I I think the first and, and perhaps most important, but, but, you know, we can debate about this. I think the first is, is your identity. Mm. I I think that controversial word choice. (laughs) It's a controversial word choice. Yes, I'm going to stick with it. So w- what I'm going to say is that um, is that I think a big part of this, we've alluded to this in different ways, but a big part of this is finding your identity in the list of, of doctrines that you hold to or the list of, of right. you know rules that a church must follow in order to, for you to deem it worthy. Uh, or the um, or uh, or the conservative party or the the Republican party or whatever it is the 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 red pilled do you know community whatever it is like there's this sense that and again it kind of comes back to the performative aspect of being a man there's this this need to prove that I'm one of the I remember the worst insult I ever got growing up I skateboarded when I was in junior high. And I remember I'd been skating for years, didn't really hang out with any skaters. I just skated. And then I came to school one day and there was a whole crew of skaters, junior high. And I go over and start skating with them. And I was kind of crappy. But one of the kids who didn't know me was like, you're just a poser, dude. You're just a poser. You're just posing out here. Like you're just wearing the, the skate clothes and carrying a skateboard around. But you don't actually skate, dude. Like you can't, you can't do a kickflip and, you know, and, and, yeah. and ride a... You know, and, and it was like just just biggest like dagger in my heart. I was like, oh, yeah. am I a poser? Dang, I can't, you know, like it, it just hit me like hard. Yeah. And so I think I think there's there's this need that we all have to want like we 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 want to belong. Um 
there's this weird consumerism thing, you know, this existentialism where it's like, I can become anything I want. I just have to buy enough gear and, and I have to like, you know, follow the right things on social media or whatever. And all of a sudden I have an identity as one of these people. Um, you know, I bought a, I bought a specific car and now, you know, you're part of that community now or whatever. And like, it's stupid. Um, but the point I want to make is that, is that for Christians, your identity is unimpeachable. You know, your, your identity is unimpeachable because it was secured by, by Christ, by Mm -hmm. God, um, by, by God who who became man and secured something for you through his death and his resurrection that nobody can ever take away from you. And so you get to have this kind of swagger in life, uh, where it's like, call me a poser. I don't care. You know, like that's not my identity. That's a thing I'm, I'm kind of interested in, but that it doesn't touch, doesn't touch my, the depths of my soul and my heart because it's not, it's not who I am. I, yeah. where, who, who I am is secure. Yeah. You know, I, I think that I, I would go so far as to say that, you know, if you, you know, if, if one is struggling to, you know, just even recognize, you know, who, who, who you are, or if you are subject to, you know, the, the, yeah. the winds of anger that blow hither and thither, uh, you're, you're yeah. angry at the latest thing. Um, if things from the outside are coming in, great enormous things like yeah. a world war over some Chinese virus, if those are the things that are telling you who you are, yeah. you don't trust Jesus. Hmm. Right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the confrontation you need to have. Um, that a yeah. lot of this discontent or uh, yeah. so your unhappiness with the kind of man you are, the kind of woman you are. Right. Uh, is that you don't trust your God. Right. And I'm not saying that like it's easy to trust your God, no. but, you, but you know sure. that's the thing, right? And yeah. I think some of, some of the other, because uh, you know, I have your, your outline in front of me, some of your other immune boosters actually deal directly with that idea, right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, worry, worrying is a thing we are commanded not to do very specifically uh, multiple <laughs> yeah, times. Isn't that, isn't that one of the craziest Right, like, mm-hmm. like you know, there, are, there are actually a lot of commands that seem impossible. Yeah. Like, don't worry, but oh, yeah. but we are told that it is not up in heaven that we may not reach it. It's not at the depths of the yeah. sea that we can't get to it. So, yeah. all right, I guess I guess we shouldn't worry <laughs> or whatever. Well, uh, it's it, it you is. know how, you do a word study on fear not. You know, like how mm-hmm. often is God saying, "Don't be afraid, don't be scared." That's not something. That's not something, that's not a mark of God's people. Like, that's not something that God's people do. Um, Yeah, so these other immune boosters I put down here. uh, Gratitude, we've already talked about gratitude a bit. Um, Anything else to add to that one? Uh, I I would just reinforce uh, a couple comments you made that suggested that the discipline of gratitude could be healthy. Yeah. It is. Like, discipline yourself to be grateful, yeah. say thank yeah. you and no, and like plan on saying thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's a good word. Yeah. And, and what I wrote here was that it, it short circuits the feedback loop. You know, there, if you're not familiar with the, the idea of a feedback loop, it's like where a speaker, you know, you got a microphone and it's blasting through a speaker and that noise is going back in the microphone. And if you've ever heard a microphone just squeal, you know, it's because of feedback. It's, it's, it's that dynamic. 
And so uh, this is what's happening, I think, on social media uh, is you're just caught in this feedback loop of fear and paranoia and anger. And um, and gratitude is a way to just like short circuit it. It's just like it's like unplugging the microphone. Uh, it, it sort of just stops it. Um, so it's a good good yeah. habit. The other, I would say, and I gave an exhortation at our church last two weeks ago about this, about sheep without a shepherd. And, and, and my, my exhortation, one of my big points was, you, sheep, are not sheep without a shepherd. You, you have, like, God has given the church, God has actually given the church a, the white blood cells, let's call mm. it, of the church, are the elders, are, are the shepherds, the pastors, the elders, and they... Are there? They they have to meet certain criteria. They have to be ordained and called, um, um, and uh, you know, by God ultimately uh, um, to do this work. It's not just anybody, but th- but God has set His church up in such a way and appointed, uh, called, and ordained, and 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 and, and uh, given the church shepherds uh, who are here to help protect us from these kinds of things. So so that would be the other place is. Anytime you find yourself getting into some rabbit trail on the internet, going down some wormhole, finding yourself despairing over over the whatever mind virus it is that you've 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 contracted, uh, go to your shepherds, you know, and say what sh- what should I be thinking about this? That's a good question to ask. What should having, I be- having the humility to ask it? You know, just for the record, you're free to disagree with your elders. Sure. You know, like, like you don't sure. have to actually think your elder is right. The discipline of obeying and listening and and yeah. going to him so that you have the opportunity to obey and listen is that's enormous. Right. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, and 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 I I this kind of falls a little bit under identity, but but I, I said this in a I did a podcast on just conspiracy theories kind of specifically and uh and I I made the point that it's a good discipline for Christians to frequently say these words. I don't know. And Mm -hmm. I don't really care. Like just saying, (laughs) I don't know. Absolutely. And I don't really care. That's a beautiful thing, you know? Um, and that falls somewhere in that, that, that arena of, I have shepherds. If it's something they're worried about, I'm sure I'll hear about it. Um, right. Or, or you know, or falls under the gratitude, perhaps, of just like you know, I'm happy. I don't. I'm not going to let this be a thing that I'm going to care about. And certainly falls in the identity. I'm not shaken by every wind and wave of doctrine or whatever it is that's coming coming across the internets today. Right. I'm, I, I don't know, and I don't care. Uh, not that big a deal. Yeah. Not something I'm I, I can almost on. guarantee you that at a certain point, someone is going to be listening to this. And be absolutely like emotionally repulsed by the idea of seeking out a shepherd. Yeah. And to, you know, to that I would say that the reason you're having that reaction is because that's exactly what you need, right? Yeah. There are so many sins that we have. Where, where the thing we begin to hate the most is we think is the thing we know is the solution. I mean the. Procrastination is a great example of that, right? Something very specific. Yeah. Like there's one thing that you don't want to do, and you know all you have to do is get up and go do it. You begin to hate not only that thing, but the idea of getting up. You hate yeah. it, right? Yeah. And so you know, yeah. may, maybe run that check, right? If you if you 
react with anger to the idea that you should seek out a shepherd, it's probably because you need a shepherd. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, and 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 it and it may also be that you've contracted a particular mind virus that that yes. you know one of those one of those mind viruses is the radical individualism and and radical you know solo scriptura. It's just me. I am I yeah. am I am the only authority that that I, I I will never submit to any authority outside of me and my interpretation of scripture. You know, that's always couched in. I'm submitting to the word of God. That's my final authority. Um, but the word of God tells you to submit to your, to your elders. Yeah. Um, right. And so what do you do <laughs> yeah. there? I think there's a great litmus test, which isn't available to everyone, but if yeah. you've ever had opportunity to submit to a Christian who, you know, is a Christian, but you also know his theology is whack. Yeah. Can you do it? Yeah. 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 Hey, listen, my my, I, I can tell you, a, a, and, and I'm not. I'm just giving an example uh, for the sake of illustration. But but I remember COVID. You know, we had not yet planted this church, or we had I uh, we had planted the church, had a bunch of worship services in our backyard, and then took some time off. And we had several weeks before we were ready to start worshiping in a building. So we went back to the church we were members of at the time, mm. and they were still wearing masks. And the session had sent out an email saying, yeah. would you please wear masks? And I told my kids, you know what I think about this. And we are going to all go into church and we're all going to wear masks. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I, I violently disagree with this decision. You guys know that, but I am, I am going to joyfully submit to my elders, um, because that's what I've been called to do. Um, and be part of the people of God. And if, if you think yeah. that, you know, that, that, that example is an example of, of sinning because you know it's not right. Let me tell you all that I have had grape juice for communion. If that ain't a sin, I don't know what is. But if I go to a friend's church, I would rather drink the grape juice than break fellowship. God put me in that position for some crazy reason. Sub submission is the path. I, I drink the grape juice. <laughs> yeah, praise God. I actually had grape juice on Sunday because we ran out of uh, wine and um, I was scandalized, but it happened. Wow. <laughs> I hope you at least yep. prayed for multiplication of the wine. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Lord, I know you do miracles. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, last couple I'll mention here. Uh, maturity, which I think is, we've been dancing around that this whole time, but, 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 but the thing I'll say, the one thing I'll mention on maturity, uh, pro, um, Josh Gibbs podcast proverbial. Um, I, I dip in and out of that podcast, and and I really enjoy. This is another example application of your your comment earlier about airing yourself out and and listening to other Christians. Josh Josh is actually an old friend um, and and was a part of the Moscow community, but he's now Eastern Orthodox. He's in a very different place spiritually. Um, but, but, but is a faithful, I believe, faithful, godly, wise man. Um, uh, Josh Gibbs doesn't think the way that just about anybody I know thinks. Like when I listen to Josh work through an idea, it's just completely d different. It's like, mm. it's very, it's actually very Eastern. I think it's, it's that sort of circular. It's like, he's going around and around and around and around and getting closer and closer to the point. And, and, and it's not linear, you know, it's not mm. like. Like I have a point and I'm going to go directly there. Um, and it's actually a fun 
it's fun to it's it's fun and enriching to me, and it's always kind of surprising. But his most recent one was about uh, the the proverb was there's more than one way to skin a cat, and uh, and and uh, did you listen to this one? No, no. Well, so he. He, he kind of goes on a journey, but ultimately talks about, you know, this probably came, this probably originated with people that actually were in desperate situations and needed to eat the meat of a cat and had to, had to skin it. And over time had learned, you know, the first time they probably skinned it, they probably got no meat out of it, you know, and they l- eventually learned there's more than one way to do this. And you can actually do it in a way where you can get some meat out of it. I don't know. Right. Um, it's a long, this is my linear version of his much more enjoyable, uh, uh, approach. But the point of his, the, the, I think that one of the main points of his, that podcast was, um, uh, humble yourself and recognize the fact that there are, there are so many people in the world who have been through the thing that you're going through and avail yourself of those resources, you know, humble yourself yeah. and go to somebody older and wiser and ask them, I'm freaking about out about this thing. You've been around here for twice the number of years I've been around. Um, like, how do you deal with this? Or how do you think about this? Or does this stress you out? And if so, if not, why not? You know? Um, so yeah, maturity, is something we need to cultivate, and and you cult and and one of the great ways of cultivating it is sitting at the feet of mature people. Yes, and I think one of the things we we notice about old people first, but then eventually we re- we realize it's maturity, is that they are less swayed, right? Yeah, and I and I would say that one of the main reasons they're less swayed is that they are more generous in attitude. Right, like mm-hmm. one of the one of the things I'm constantly bringing in to to apply to different situations with my kids, my students, is having a hermeneutic of generosity, right? Interpreting things in the best light possible first, right? And then you can yeah. critique it, but make sure your reaction is like, why did those people do that thing that way? Well, ask yourself what the best reason possible could be. And I think that's a sign of maturity, actually, that when you, when you first hear about s- someone doing something crazy, you know, perhaps yeah. you've seen it before and you have that experience, but even if not, you've had experience in other wild and crazy things happening, and, you know, I'm just going to wait to find out more. Or, you know, and this can be really annoying when you're not feeling this, oh, he probably had a good reason, you know, <laughs> that really can be irritating. Uh, yeah. But... You know, that's, 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 that I think is a mature, that first approach. 100%. And when you're subject 100%. to a mind virus, that is never your reaction. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I mentioned this to you recently, this, um, uh, my favorite thing that Theopolis down in Birmingham used to do is what was called the Nevin lectures. And they would bring in a really excellent thinker, speaker, writer, you know, academic, uh, scholar uh, from a different part of the church. And mm. I went to the year, I went one year with Robert Kolb, who's like this Luther scholar, Lutheran. I uh, went one year with a guy who's a, a Pentecostal theologian. And he made, he made the joke that I'm the only one there is like, that's not, you guys probably thought that was an oxymoron. Um, uh, he had the, the president of, uh, of St. Vlad's up in New York, uh, Eastern Orthodox seminary. And and what what he what he would have them do is the the assignment was what do people in the Reformed Presbyterian world need to know and learn from your your tradition like what what could we benefit from learning right and uh, 
the the talks were always tremendous and enriching and i found myself super sympathetic by the end of the thing to their way of viewing things and and walking away learning things and feeling less um pompous about yeah. my uh, uh, having arrived at the truth because I, I i saw their their tradition through the best in the best light through their eyes and realized right. there's a lot of good and true and beautiful things here uh that my tradition you know doesn't hasn't arrived at or hasn't hasn't seen or appreciated the way that these guys have yeah um, i would actually uh, go so far as to say that i mean it's it's a, a blessing that every time you know there was one of those that that you thought oh truth beauty and goodness i'm getting some new angles on this this is fantastic yeah but i would say that that some of that you know that this this you have a humbler outlook now on life it's not just because you were blessed with you know this these words from these theologians and pastors yeah. It's that that question was asked. They you know, they could have given a disastrous exactly. answer and everyone's like that's totally wrong and unbiblical, that's dumb. Yeah. Uh and, and they would yeah. have been right about it and just having asked the question. Yeah. You know, and hopefully it won't happen next time, but you know, it's you know, that yeah. that humility of be, of being able to say, yeah, you know what, I want to learn from people. Yeah. I think old people generally speaking are a great example. Man, I'm getting a little whiter, yeah. but I'm still not old people, <laughs> I guess. Uh, old people are a great example of that. There's, you know, it's it's so easy for us from, you know, age 2 to age wherever old starts um, to be dismissive, <laughs> right? Yeah. And to forget 100%. to ask them what they have to say to us. And yeah. they are different. They are perhaps as alien, even if there are relatives, as a reformed from the Pentecostal. Their yeah. world was different. Their way of thinking totally. is different. So just totally. the, the the humility to ask, because let's yeah. face it, very often your boomer parents are, are not going to give you the, the advice you're going to follow. But right. but you asked, and now there's more more love and closeness, and you are humble. That's good. That's really good. Well, my last point here was is really just an extension of that, which is education. I have a feeling this is going to piss a lot of people off, but I'm just going to say it. Um, that a true education, uh, a true education, leaves the student more humble than when he came in. Um, that that's the that's the the mark in my mind of a good education. Somebody's received a good education walks away from four years, you know, there's a reason why the term is sophomoric. You know, it's, it's everybody is a know-it-all their sophomore year. You know, you've, you've, yep. you've, you've just, you've just crammed your brain full of a lot of new information and you feel like, you know, more than everybody. And, uh, and then you're put in your place if you're at a good school over the course of the next few years and, and you come out humbled, um, uh, but also more equipped to grapple with ideas and, and spot false teaching. So you don't, you don't come out triumphant like now I can beat everybody, uh, but you do come out wily, you know, wilier and, 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 and more worldly wise and more ready to, to sort of spot some of the, the big mistakes and errors that people make. I think um, that that spot false teaching thing cannot be overemphasized. I mean, I mean cage stage Calvinists, right? They're not going to fit this description of, of a trio education, right? They are That's a mind know, they're, virus. They're though, rabid. It is a mind virus. Exactly. That's a mind virus. Now, what, what does your life experience tell you? 
What Presbyterians go Roman Catholic or Eastern Orthodox? Sorry, Josh. Uh, it's yeah. it's the ones who who have not yet transitioned out of that rabid phase, right? Yes. They they were not able to have a generous hermeneutic at any point, so they kept yeah. looking. They could never be content. Now I'm not telling people to be satisfied with not being right or being satisfied with a half truth, but I am saying you, you need to be content. And if you are incapable of contentment, you're just going to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving until you run into an alley with no exit. Uh, but you know that's that, that that mind virus will do that. It makes you susceptible to false teaching. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. That's good, man. Okay, so our our boosters were identity, gratitude, shepherds, maturity, education. Uh, I'm sure there's a million more, but those are kind of the ones that came to mind. Um, and I wanted to kind of just end on a couple of comments about what I would just call false vaccinations. These are the these are the the Pfizer vaccinations. You know, uh, Operation Warp Speed. Uh, you know, the 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 uh, the uh, the false vaccinations and and we've kind of touched on a lot of these but already but but i think it's worth just mentioning um you know doug wrote a book uh doug wilson wrote a book called reformed is not enough and and i've wanted to give an exhortation at church or write an article or do a podcast saying reformed is not it at all in fact (laughs) like Mm. like that's a that's too much of a title but it's it's not even reformed right and 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 what i see and it, it, it this what I see happening in the church is Christians who don't have a, a good, a healthy, functioning immune system um, latching on to a doctrinal identity as yes. the thing that's going to save them and their family from sin and death and unfaithfulness. And so you get on these, you know, I'm on this, uh, someone invited me to the Facebook Reform Parenting Group. And it's like, can anybody tell me what a good reformed cereal is? And like a good reformed, you know, uh, pair of, of, of diapers or whatever. Like, it's just, it's like, stop it, dude. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you guys like? Yeah. It, it, it becomes it, the, the irony is that a lot of these things become far more idolatrous than 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 the things that reform people are criticizing in Roman Catholicism, right? Yes, it's like, right? So I'll, yeah. I'll stop there and just say doctrinal, well, yeah. political, uh, denominational affiliation is a false yeah. vaccination. And I think we're establishing a pattern here where you you sort of lay out a definition and then I throw out a potential litmus test for the audience. So here's the litmus test uh, for this. And it is a subjective one, but ask yourself, whatever tradition, let's say you're reformed as you're listening to this. Ask yourself, are you prouder when people hear that you are Christian or when people hear that you're reformed? Are you gladder to be Christian or reformed? What makes you happier, being Christian or being Reformed? And, and I, that's, a, that's a real question because yeah. I've met a lot of people who I, I think the satisfaction comes from being Reformed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Or whatever absolutely. it is, right? Like, I've, you, know, yeah. I've, I, you know, it's, it's something that all men are subject to, but you know, that special club, that special affiliation, that really makes me who I am. 
Right. And, and, the, and the point to me is that this is not the thing that is going to protect you or, or sustain you and your family, feed you and your family. It's not going to be the fact that you did it the most reformed way or the most fill in the blank, you know, traditional family values way or the most free market way or the most Calvinistic way, whatever the thing is that you think the doctrinal, political, denominational affiliation that you think is the savior, it is the vaccination against, you know, the evils of, of the world. It's not. Uh, and, 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 um, it's always been about, you know, loving the Lord, your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor. Um, it's always been about, uh, a broken and contrite heart, uh, and humility before God. Those are the things, those are the habits, those are the disciplines. That's the orientation of our mind and heart that's going to produce fruit, um, in the Christian life. It's not going to be that you, cracked the code and you finally aligned every, like I I said this in a recent conversation with somebody, um, this virtue of consistency Mm. is such a false virtue. It's such a, like, I, like who, who decided that being consistent was the most important thing? Um, I, I think the devil perhaps, um, right. Like, like, how how can we as I mean it comes back to the lunacy Chesterton thing. How can we as Christians expect that we're going to have the answers to everything and be able to be able to explain everything when we're mere mortals? Like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Give it up. That's right, and it, it is it it is almost like a like a, like a Milton Satan sort of temptation that we fall to mm-hmm. when we like we refuse to to be satisfied with not knowing everything, right? We refuse to be yeah. satisfied with not knowing some answers, uh, yeah. certain answers. And you know, like, the, so these mind viruses, one way of framing them is that they are propaganda, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, because they, they, are, they don't allow for, for other perspectives, but they also frame everything in a way that exalts whatever that is. And we recognize that, right? You can have, yeah. you know, uh, as for as far as being like a libertarian or being you know wh- whatever it is and yeah. you can live a life of propagandized christianity your particular enthusiasm your narrow little obsession uh, whatever it is and and one of the ways we see that is with our kids right so, you know, of course, this is a, just a rule of thumb it's not a universal because we're tempted towards yeah. wanting universals but yeah when your kids grow up to love the things you love, it is because they were catechized. When your kids grow up to hate the mm. things you love, it is because they were propagandized. Mm. And at a certain point, they recognize it. You know, whatever it is that you were whacked out about, you know, and it can often be your religious affiliations and your theology, but it, it can be all sorts of other things, all these mind viruses. Whatever it is that you were not able to be reasonable about and actually love instead of obsess over, yeah. your kids hate it because they realize when I was two, when I was five, when I was 10, when I was 15, my dad was not telling me the truth. He was propagandizing me. And that's different from catechizing. Well, that's a good word. That's a good word. And, and I love that distinction between catechesis and, and propaganda. I, I think the other piece is the greatest commandment was not um, 
it, it was not um, uh, understand and 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 um, right. Uh, understand all of the all of the things that I've taught you perfectly, uh, or, or or understand all of the perfect formulations of, of theology. It's it it's a love, uh, love the Lord, yes, with all of your heart, with all of your mind, yes, with all of your mind, um, but but it's love, and that's the thing with our children um, that and 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 okay, so and and this is just a fun parenting you know comment, but I, I, it ties in with what you said. Where I've failed as a father, um, I haven't failed usually because I didn't tell my kid what they were supposed to be. It's almost, it's actually never that. Um, yeah. Almost never. What I've failed to do as a father is to make my son or my daughter love the thing that I have taught them to love. Um, and so when I say don't do that, there's a there's an immature phase where it's just no touch and you slap the hand or whatever. But my job is to over time train them to, to see and believe and, and, and love that standard and see it as something that's good and right and true. And, uh, and where my kids fail, they don't fail because they didn't know what they were supposed to do. They fail because they didn't, they didn't actually love it. They didn't actually believe it. Right. Yeah. And And we don't have, go ahead. Well, th- that's where I think worldview thinking is such a bill, a bill of goods. Like I, yeah. I, I, I harp on the term worldview thinking because you are setting all sorts of fires tonight. Just, I just want to say that. Go on. <laughs> okay. Well, listen. Like, how many buildings are we going to blow up here? <laughs> right. Listen. I, whatever. Um, I, I, I say that with with nothing but love and respect for for my fathers in the faith. You know, Doug Wilson and and George Grant and, and, uh, Vody Bauckham guys who are all about worldview. And I think yeah. they're dead on about worldview. And I think it's, in, it's massively important. It comes back to education we talked about earlier, but, but it is a false savior. We all should know yes. this, that it's yes. not, I have argued, I can tell you, I've argued for hours with people who have a phenomenal, impeccable worldview, uh, who were living in deep, rebellion and sin um, about I've argued with those people about other people's sin. And they've showed me from the scriptures, how these other people are in sin while they are themselves, you know, in, in, in committing adultery and using illegal drugs. And you're like, do you not see the irony here of, uh, and, and doing it with a completely straight face? You right. Know, because, because the most important thing to them is what we've been describing. They know the things that you need to know, right? They have the right. secret knowledge. That's right. That's right. It's narcissism, man. That 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 that's really what it comes down to. I think, Joffrey. I think you. I think you. You boiled it down. That that mind viruses are a, are really. We're really talking about narcissism. Um, we're really talking about secret knowledge that is supposed to confer some holiness, some salvation, some um, some standing with God. Um, and I wrote a poem about narcissism recently. I'll have to send it to you. Ooh. Please do. Please do. Yes, I would love to see that. Yeah, the last the last thing I put here, and it, it falls under all of this, I think, pretty well, but just I'll just add to it that legalism is never going to be a uh, successful strategy here. It's not that that's not going to save you and your kids, whether it's, you know, 
being legalistic about your diet. Um, I, I sincerely see women who break down with panic and anxiety about their kids ingesting, uh, sugar or dyes or seed oils or fill in the blank. It's, it's a real crisis for some people. And, and, and that idol just needs to be toppled. Not at all to say, don't, you're, it's great to be try to be healthy. Um, try to be healthy and aware. Um, nothing, yeah. And aware, yeah, that's great. But it's not going to save you. It's it's not going to save you. Um, and I don't think we need uh, to unpack in depth for us to to make this connection. I think people will see it. You know, this sort of legalism, you know, a broad legalism, right? We're not just talking about skirt length. Attaches yep. to both the other two false inoculations you've mentioned, right? I mean, they, they, legalism obviously attaches the doctrinal or political identity and it attaches to this worldview sort of thinking where the worldview is the savior. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I put here, uh, another version of legalism is systems. And I, I thought of courtship or, mm-hmm. or headship or patriarchy. You get these, these, these defined systems. Uh, think of, uh, what was the, Shiny happy people. No, yeah, yeah. That documentary. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, Bill uh-huh. Gothard. You know, Bill Gothard. I mean, that that guy designed an elaborate, you know, system yes. for yes. that was going to save you and your family. And he had. Oh, I, mean, I homeschooled in the nineties. I I know, I know who he is. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. Go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so for those listeners, yeah, I mean, watch that documentary. It's 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 fun because my wife and I. It's kind of fun. it was fun for my wife and I because we were not homeschooled, and we came to Moscow, which is you know one of one of the places where homeschool was big and 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 had influence in that world, and uh, but we we sort of missed all of the Gothard stuff. Right. And mm-hmm. so we were just hearing teaching from Doug that was actually a lot of it was corrections to Gothard. I didn't realize uh, until, until watching the documentary. Oh, Doug taught about how women don't submit to all men. Women submit to a single man. Right. Um, and that, and that's the huge massive correction to that whole system is that it is, it is, is a false it's false teaching uh, that women should submit to all men. Um, but like like that kind of thing, I just, I, I didn't know that there was this whole perverted uh, version of these things, courtship and headship and, yeah. and family stuff. Um, but anyway, it's a, the, I think fortunately in our circles, in the CREC, the stuff that's coming out of Moscow, I, I think avoids this stuff. Uh, but it won't forever, okay? I mean, that's that's the thing that we have to we have to recognize. It's all going to burn, you know. All all of these institutions will someday burn up. Um, hopefully, they'll go down in flames because they're doing they're fighting the good fight or whatever. But but none of them are going to be faithful forever, and so and so. But that's why we don't put our hope in them. You know, we can right. be loyal and cheer for them. But I, but I, you know, I, I've thought about this before asking somebody in the South, what would it take for you to leave a church? What would have to happen for you to leave a church? And it's like, I mean, I can give you the example of the last three churches I left and tell you, I got great, re- you know, one was the music, one was the lights, one was the carpet, you know? And it's like, what would it take for you to stop being a Alabama fan uh, or an Auburn fan? And it's right. like, uh, death, you know, like nothing. Yeah. Like I would, I will be an Alabama fan till I die. It's like, okay, 
Well, that's, that's idolatry, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, like, you need to, you need to put that in the right place. Um, and, and there's going to be a day we're probably already there. You know, where you I cannot believe you haven't been sent out of town. I don't, I don't know how deep in, uh, in, in, in tide country Huntsville yeah. is, but goodness gracious, what a thing to say. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll make, I'll make the comment that kind of riffing off something you had going earlier yeah. that, you know, I, I think most people acknowledge that it is the tendency of systems. It's the tendency of bureaucracy to grow as big as it can, right? Because it, it feeds yeah. itself and, you know, just, just by its own energy, right? It's always looking for, for more. And so it grows. Yeah. So what we need to do is recognize that certain things are systems that we don't normally think of as systems. They may be beneficial. Yeah. Most yeah. systems that people make are, but their tendency yeah. will be to grow. Like the example you gave, courtship. Yeah. You know, of course, the first time you explain courtship is biblical, you know, or you yeah. describe patriarchy, of course, is biblical. But if it becomes a system for you, which will be its natural tendency, then it will, it will grow and grow until it becomes God. Anything that does not stop growing becomes God, right? right. And so we, we need to be very leery of systems. Yeah, One of the things that I think can be healthy, and I think this is difficult in a mind virus age, is to stop using the names of yeah. isms and archies when you're yeah, able stop to. Stop using slogans. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I, 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 I have to describe myself as a theonomist early in in the podcast. I prefer not to, not because I'm not theologically a theonomist, and not because I'm embarrassed, not even because I want, I don't want to confuse people, but it's because I think that's just the word of God and Christian society. I don't have to go around labeling all that. Labeling it makes it one of those monstrous systems. Right. And, you know, I mean, obviously sometimes you just have to talk about things, right? Sure. But the more often you like take on those, you know, I am an, this kind of ist and that kind of ism, the more yeah. that thing is going to become your God and not That's God right. himself. That's right. Well, I've, I've talked about this. I think you and I have even talked about this, but, but um, I'll point people back to one of my favorite, um, Jim Jordan uh, um, lectures he gave on on Gnosticism and and ideologies and he and he, he talked about this concept and it really blew my mind and the, the the image in my head that I I walked away with was was this idea that that Calvinism or courtship or patriarchy or what whatever the thing is that they 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 have the potential if you use them the way you just described to become these little false gods that you kind of set up. I imagine the mantle in my living room, just setting free market economics up there and setting Calvinism up there. And then as I'm going about my daily life and I encounter a decision that I've got to make, I can either turn to the God, the living God and his word and say, God, what do you say about this? Um, and prayer. Um, or I can go to my gods and I can go, you know, Calvinism, what am I supposed to do here? And he has an answer. <laughs> there yeah, is an answer. That's right. Right. Yeah. And it may be right or it may be wrong. Um, but, but ultimately I'm putting my trust in this false God. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I, uh, I, somebody quoted, somebody quoted Spurgeon on social media the other day where he talked about, it was some wonderful quote about how Calvinism is just biblical Christianity and, and, um, and yeah, it's, I have a lot of Catholic family who, who, who beat up on Calvinism all the time. And, and I'm like, 
who I don't know who you're. I don't know who that is. Like yeah, whatever it is you're beating up isn't me, right? Isn't and, me. and that it doesn't mean me. you're signing over the name Calvinism. It, right. it it means you're just right. recognizing that that thing that they're that they're beating up isn't isn't yeah. the thing. And, and I don't have to defend it. That's the other thing. Right. I, I don't have to, like I can say I think you guys are being uncharitable to a lot of people who don't believe the crap that you're saying they believe. Um, there are people out there that believe the stupid stuff you're you're decrying, and 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 I'll decry it alongside you. But that's not Calvinism. It, it, at best, it's a perversion of it. Um, but 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 you're right. I, at the end of the day, okay, it is Calvinism. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't touch. It doesn't affect me. You know, that 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 we want someone wants to categorize that or label it Calvinism because I know what I believe and I know what I think Scripture says. And and that goes back to your comment about things burning, right? Uh, yeah, like it, right. You know, at some point, you know, all these things are going to fail, not because we believe that entropy r- rules, but just because we know that that history is going somewhere. At some yeah, point, everything is going to die. It's going to live its life. And so, okay, wait, I need to briefly keep talking so I remember what I was going to say. It's burning. What was the last thing you said, dude? I can't believe it's. You see, this is what happens when you're an hour and 35 uh, minutes. Calvinism, it doesn't touch me. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah. So and a, a good example of that is, are you okay? Oh, Calvinist. I'm a Calvinist. You're a Calvinist. Are you okay with the thought that in 400 years, there will be real Calvinists walking around that you would recognize? We'd all recognize, yes, that is a Calvinist. He's just like me. And he's going to call himself a Catholic. Like, isn't that what we're praying for? Like, the name Calvinism could die, and it could be a sign of triumph. Why are we so attached, right, to all these labels? And that's the mind virus thing. That's right. That's right. Well, and, 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 um, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other wonderful, you know, I'll say this because this is something I think I'm going to be saying a lot, uh, in the coming weeks and months. But, um, if, if you've been infected by one of these viruses and the world has become black and white and there is those who are on your side and there's everyone else who is, who is evil, um, and are your enemies, um, what does scripture say we're supposed to do with our enemies? Um, we are commanded to pray for our enemies. Stop hurting are, me, Larson. Are you praying for your enemies? You know, uh, is, 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 is are you is this identification of the of the evils in the world drawing driving you to your knees and to prayer for for these people? Um, if it is, then you're you're living the Christian life and you're not infected with a mind virus. If, however, you you are in a place where you can't think anything but terrible thoughts and, and be just paranoid and just pray only imprecatory prayers. Then, then, um, then I think you've been infected by a mind virus. This is a hard saying, you know, of, of all the controversial things you've said, this may be the most difficult. Uh, I, I think it's yeah. a, it's a great way to kind of draw to a close. Like, you know, that's, that's yeah. the, the call to act. And it's, yeah, that's super confrontational. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, Joffrey Swait, My um, dude. this was fun, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, Thanks you know, for I, 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 I believe that we, I, I'm sure neither of us planned on an hour and 38 minutes. But no. somehow it seems like that's exactly what was always going to happen. Yeah. I, I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my dude. A pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Joffrey. Uh, we'll have to have you back on. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't frequently uh, have as much to say in one 
in one uh, sitting. Uh, this was definitely a, an idea that I thought needed a little bit longer treatment, and I needed a I needed a good sparring partner, someone I trust, to come along the journey with me. So you've you've done wonderfully, and I appreciate you dropping everything and giving me some an hour and a half of your time today. You're welcome, and I appreciate you. Yeah, man. All right. Well, have a good night. And uh, listeners, thanks for, if you made it this far, congratulations. Uh, (laughs) I hope hope that this was a help and and, uh, encouragement to you. All right. We'll see you next time.